Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. So we are starting a brand new series, uh, Fill in the Blank. We're going to be looking at for the next four weeks. What's my purpose? And, and what's my calling? And can I know that? How can I know that? And how can I step forward into that? Um, how many of you, speaking of fill in the blank, are, were like good test takers growing up? Anybody good test takers? All right, some of you guys broke the curve. All right, we, um, anyone not a good test taker? Okay, all right. Now, personally for me, I always like the multiple choice test um, because if I didn't know it, there was at least a shot at getting it correct. Fill in the blank, it was just like, if you didn't know it, I, I just got blank. That's it. That's all I got. So um, I, I had some fun Googling some funny answers on fill in the blank on some tests. So I want to just show you some of the, the funny ones. This one is circle the smallest number. And whoever this kid is, absolute genius here. Um, unfortunately, got them all, all wrong. Circle the smallest number. Um, the next one, what ended in 1896? Obviously... 1895, I, you know, just got to be careful on how you word those questions, all right? Another one, for those of you, if you didn't like true-false uh, questions, I hated those because it was always, there was always the way they worded it. It was like, well, it could be true. It could be false. I don't know. Well, here's how you answer. Some of you, um, if you're in school right now, you might want to screenshot this um, because this is how you answer that um, right there. And then the last one I like, Bobby has four dimes. Amy has 30 pennies. Which child has more money? Bobby. Correct. Bobby has uh, more money. And then, how do you know? Show your thinking here. And um, there he is scratching his head, and he's thinking Bobby. So um, I love it. I love it. Fill in the blank. We all have blanks to fill in in life. We have those life questions. Should, you know, where do I go to college? Should we buy this house? Should we rent? The big one here in Los Alamos, do we stay in Los Alamos or do we move away from Los Alamos? Some of you are praying, please don't let us stay here. I'm praying that you stay here, okay? Um, we, should we retire? Should we um, have more kids or is it snip, snip, snip time? Like, God, what are the decisions that we need to make? And we all have different ways on how we um, answer uh, those questions and how you're trying to figure out how do we make those uh, decisions. Anyone in here, like you are um, indecisive? Where's my indecisive people? Like we go and dismiss and you see the ketchup aisle and you, you're like, you're there for like 15 minutes because you're analyzing like this price, this uh, per ounce type thing. And you're like trying to, to analyze or you, you get on Netflix and you scroll through Netflix for 45 minutes through everything they have. And then you decide, I don't want to watch anything here. And we just can't make a decision. That's, that's me. Um, we, uh, how do we make these decisions? Like, do we go off of, of gut? What's in our going in our gut? Do we go off of, of logic, of what's going in our head? Do we go off of scripture? Do we look at a horoscope? Like, we all have different ways on how are we going to try to make these decisions. Some of us, we go into this religious thing. We're like, our kids are driving us crazy. We're like, I need a word from God. 
I need a word from God on how to parent and, and, and help these kids. And so you're just like, okay, well, I haven't really been in the word, so God, just show me exactly where you want to go. And you're like, 2 Kings 2.24, and Elijah turned to them and cursed them in the name of the Lord, and a bear came out and mauled them. And you're like, that's really strange. It's in there. 2 Kings 2.24, I'll take it, all right? <laughs> in the name of Jesus... Stop, you know. Um, how, do we make these, how do we make these decisions? Filling in the blank in our life. And, and yes, I love to joke. If you know anything about me, is you're, you're like, there's not another pastor coming out here, okay? I, I, I'm it. Um, but I like to joke and have fun. But also, like, I, we really struggle with these things. And here's why this is important. Here's why we're going to dive into this. Because I honestly, really, truly believe when you study this thing, God has a will for your life. And we can't just randomly fill in the blank. I mean, you can, but he has something for you and he doesn't want to hide it. And so we want to spend some time investigating this to make sure our lives are aligned. So I want to, in a way, kind of remove the pressure during this series. I want to get us um, pointed in the right direction. And there's a, a, a pastor, author named Craig Rochelle, and this sermon series is loosely based off of a, 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 an amazing book that he wrote called Divine Direction. Because what we're going to find is that um, God's will for our life isn't so much a destination. It's, it's more of a direction in which we are, are going and figuring out this, this life story that all of us are on, that we've all connected in today. Um, as we talk about God's will... I'm going to get a little bit churchy on you here for a little bit. Um, we need to know that there are three different ways in which uh, the Bible speaks of God's will. So I want to kind of go, go through these real, real quickly with you. And if we're talking about God's will, one of the ways that the Bible talks about it is God's providential will. Okay, this is a little bit theological in, in terms. But this is, when, when the Bible talks about this is God's will, some of it will be his providential will. These are things that are... You don't have any choice in the matter. Like, it's going to happen. Creation, you didn't have a say in that. God's going to create, okay? Uh, Jesus coming to earth, dying on the cross for your sins, resurrection. Like, it's going to happen. That was part of God's providential will. Jesus coming back, returning. Now, we can debate on how that's going to happen, but we read in Scripture and say that's part of God's will, that God, Jesus is coming back one day, and that's what we look forward to. That's what we have hope in. Um, but we don't really have any say on God's providential will. Going to happen. Second type of will is God's moral will. This is, this is um, well, First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 says, it's God's will that you should be sanctified. Now that's a churchy word, sanctified, sanctification. Uh, to, to boil it down, it says it means become more like Jesus. It is God's will that you become more like God. You'll never be God. But God is loving. God is just. God is gracious. God is merciful. He has these characteristic traits. And he's like, hey, I want you to be more like Jesus. And so this process of sanctification is not a, a destination. We will never be perfect in this lifetime. Yet at the same time, we don't just say, well, I can't be perfect. So I'll just be who I am. No, he's, God's will for you is to become like him over time throughout your entire life. That's God's moral will for your life. Become more like Jesus. And then 
why you are here today, why you are a little bit kind of leaning in today is God does have a personal will for your life. That he has, a, he has uniquely created you and placed you here on earth, not randomly, but on purpose. In this, in this town, in Los Alamos, in this time of history, on purpose. And so that's what we're really going to kind of dive into today. Um, if I had to, to just summarize what is your personal will, I want to answer that. Like, what is God's will for my life? Scripture gives us a very clear picture of what that is. Um, and I want to give that to you right now. Here's what God's will. You can turn to Colossians chapter 1. It'll be on your screen. Also, sermon notes, are you can get that on your phone on the Bible app. You can click on, you can download the Bible app, Version Bible app, click on more, and then um, click on events, and it should, should come up um, with these scriptures as well. But Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15, it gives us God's will, the big picture for your life. It says, Christ, be in Jesus. He's the visible image of the invisible God. I love that. I love that phrase right there. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and he's supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is why it is so important, if you are a Christian, to be a part of the church. This, this, this person, this Jesus, this God who was before all things, who created all things, everything was created through him and for him, also created this thing called the church. And we all have our I hate the church story or I've been burned by the church story, but you cannot get past this, that Jesus, while he was here, said, hey, the church is my vehicle. It is my bride. And so he is the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning Supreme over all who rise from the dead, meaning we were dead spiritually. You had nothing to offer God, but that's why Jesus came, because he's like, hey, you guys cannot fix this thing, this sin problem. It's caused a separation, so Jesus came and fixed it. And so he is first in everything. Now, I, I'm not the smartest brainiac in the room theologically, but I did do some, some research on that word first in the Greek, and it means first. And I did some, some research in the Greek on that word everything, and it means everything. He wants first place. What's my purpose? Jesus is supreme in everything. Your finances, your marriage, your career, your life, everything. It's not compartmentalized. Oh, I have my church on Sunday and then I go do this. No, he's supreme in everything. That is God's will for your life. And, and some churches, um, they will have this as their mission statement. You're, it, it's, it's to know God to know Jesus and make him known. That's it. Like I could just mic drop and we go home. Like 
That's your purpose, to know Jesus and make him known. But I know myself and I know you. You're like, great, Mike. I'm all about this Jesus first thing, all right? But I don't need a spiritual answer today because I'm trying to figure out, you know, do I go to grad school in Georgia? Do I take this job? Do uh, I retire? Like, I, I need some answers here. I need some practical stuff here. At the same time, what if God did give you that answer? What if he was just like, yeah, go to Georgia, take the job. He told you today, go do it. And you go to Georgia, you get the job, you get the promotion, you get the salary, you get the house, you have the marriage, you have the kids, you get the retirement that you want, you have the grandkids, but you could go through your entire life knowing what to do and still not have a clue as to why you are here on this earth. Your purpose in life is not so much about what you do. What I want you to fill in the blank today with, if, if we're going to fill in the blank with this question, not, God, what do you want me to do? I want you to fill in the blank for your purpose today on, God, who do you want me to become? Because God is about a relationship and he's about your heart. Think about the rich young ruler. There's a, and if you don't know the story, there was a, a young man and he came to, to Jesus. He's like, Jesus, what do I got to do to be saved? And he's like, hey, you're a good Jewish boy. You know, you know the Old Testament. You know like what Jewish uh, people are, are supposed to do. He's like, yeah, I've done all that stuff. You know, I know the Ten Commandments. I've done it all. I'm good. What else must I do? Tell me what to do, Jesus, and I'll go do it. But because God is about your heart, he, he went after his heart. And he said, okay, you want to you be about my purpose? You want to know what to do? Sell everything you have. Because you're following your path and your desires and your want. But if we're going to be about a relationship here, remove the obstacle. Sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. I'll just tell you. Go do it. Then come follow me. Let's follow this path. And if you know the outcome of that story, oh, now we have a choice to make. My path, my will, my purposes, or God's will in his path. And his path is, he's like, he's about the heart. He's about your heart and removing those obstacles. So if we want to fill in the blank today, not God, what do you want me to do? Start asking the question, God, who do you want me to become? There's... Um, an, an author named Andy Stanley, he's a pastor as well, and I want to kind of pick up on a book that he wrote called The Principle of the Path. And it's a, it's a very simple concept, yet very powerful. It's like it's so obvious and so simple. When I say it, you're going to be like, Mike, duh. But if we start to really grasp this concept, the principle of the path, and start walking along, it's, it becomes very powerful in our life to finding out God's purpose in our life. Here's the principle of the path by Andy Stanley. He says, the direction you are currently traveling, relationally, financially, spiritually, and the list could go on and on and on. The direction you're currently traveling will determine where you end up in each of those respective arenas. And it's interesting that he says, direction, not intention. Because there's a big difference between the two. 
Your direction that you're going, you're like, oh, I want to follow you, God. I want to make you first in my finances. I want to make you first in, in, in my, my career, in my family, in my marriage, in my life. But if you are just saying that and you have the intentions, but your direction points a different way, he says direction, not intention, will determine where you end up in each of those areas of your life. And so the principle of the path, it becomes something that's, that's very powerful in our lives. Like there's a lot of smart people who have wound up where they are at and they did not want it there. When they started out, like I didn't know I would end up here. I mean, I was just having a drink. It was just one drink. It wasn't that big of a deal. And now I can't get rid of the substance in my life. I was just looking at this website. It was no big deal. I thought it wasn't harming anyone else. And now I can't get my eyes unglued from it. And now I want to be over here, but my direction that I've gone financially, spiritually, relationally, my integrity is blown. And a lot of people have wound up in a place of regret. Smart people. Because they followed a direction that led them down a path that ended up in a destination that they never wanted to go to. So if you today don't want to end up there, because the thing about regret, it's more than just a memory. Regret, it's cerebral, it's emotional, it's painful, it's hurtful. If you don't want to end up there, then today we need to start making some decisions here to get ourselves on the right path. So I want to I guide us through this. There's a story um, that Jesus did. There's several stories we could look at throughout Scripture on people getting themselves lined in the right direction. I want to look at Mark chapter 1. Jesus gave us a model on how we can get ourselves directed in the right path. Starting in verse 35, it says, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon, who's also his name is Peter, so I might reference Peter later, it's the same person. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. And when they found him, they said, everyone's looking for you, Jesus. But Jesus replied, we must go to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. That's my purpose. Now, a little bit of context. The day before was an awesome day of ministry there in this town called Capernaum, which is north of Jerusalem. Jesus did a lot of miracles there. He shows up into town, heals some people. Peter's mother-in-law, she was sick. He healed her. She made an awesome dinner, dinner for everyone. Then people heard Jesus was in town, so they all came in. He taught them. He healed them. They had a great day of ministry. It's like, yes! So next day, what's he do? He gets up early before everyone else, finds an isolated place to pray, and he gets himself in alignment. He gets himself focused. And now everybody comes to him and says, hey, let's go. Let's do it again. Day two, let's go. And he's like, nope, moving on. So one of the things that we need to know about the principle of the path, if you want to get yourself in the right alignment, you got to understand whatever has your attention, whatever has your focus, whatever has your attention determines your alignment. You want to know, where am I aligned today? I don't know. I don't know. Think about what has your attention, what has your focus, what has your priorities. They had just had a great uh, uh, day of ministry, and now Jesus is saying, no, we're, we're moving on. Um, I have up here with me, some of you guys don't even know what this is. This is a roadmap of the beautiful state of Texas. 
This was pre-Siri uh, days, right? Pre-Google days. Like, if you were traveling and you were on a road trip, I mean, you had to get this thing out. You had to get your, your glasses on. Some of you kind of had to have someone hold it out here, you know. I remember when we first came to New Mexico, like, we, uh, I'm driving from Missouri, and I'm with my parents, and we're like, okay, there's a... Uh, there's the I-40, because it's uh, okay, and then we got to get up on the I-25, Santa Fe, uh, there's Espanol, because we're from Missouri and we don't know New Mexican talk, and we dropped the A off of stuff, and then we're like, okay, that looks like Pojo-K, all right, all right, and there's the 502, and then there's Los Al. Like, you had to get in there and study this thing. You're looking for uh, exit signs, mileage, um, rest stops, visitor centers, different things like that. I remember the very first time I got introduced to, to Siri and maps. We took a, a youth group trip to a summer camp out in L.A., and we had a free day out in L.A., and we're on this bus trip, and I'm driving, and I'm like, how hard can it be? I mean, the ocean. We're going to the ocean on our free day. It's that direction. Just drive, man. We're good. Well, eventually, we're going to go to Santa Monica Pier, and we'll just get there and get, you know, I can't remember the highway, but I had it mapped out in my head. I had it going until we got lost. And we're in downtown uh, L.A., and I'm like, oh, I don't know where. I was just going straight, and now I'm lost, and I don't know. And then from the back of the, one of the, uh, probably, one, I think it was, one of the annoying teenagers that I'm like, oh, why did we allow him to go on this trip? Anyway, uh, he is, I hear this, here, use this. And this voice comes from this phone, and it says, take a U-turn here. And I'm like, what is this thing of beauty? And it guides us directly where we need to go. I was like, maps no more. I mean, Siri has single-handedly has been one of the things that has saved our marriage because I can get the directions, and it tells us where to, to, to go. I, I, I'm good if I study this thing, but if I lose track, I'm lost. Why do I bring this up? I fear a lot of us, when it comes to our alignment, we treat our relationship with God like Siri. I'm lost. God, give me an answer. I need a resource. Help me. I don't know where to go. And it is okay to cry out to God, but if you want to know your purposes in life, if you want to know, it is a process. It is not a, a, God, I need a handout and give me, give me, give me. It is, you got to get in this thing. You got to study it and you got to figure out, okay, this is where I want to go. I want to go in this direction. Here I am. I want to head this way and this roadmap, this path is going to get me where I need to go financially, spiritually, relationally. And you got to get in this word and study it. It is a process. And God, he wants to speak to you through his word. You got to get in this thing and study it. Not just, God, I need a random answer right now. This thing, scripture says, is living and active. Hebrews says in, in chapter 4, verse 12, the, the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit. What's God about in your purpose? Your heart. It cuts right to your soul. Between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. 
We need to be a church that is in the Word. That's why I want you to go and get in the Word yourself. Why? Because I believe this verse. I believe that you need to get your daily bread. You need to get your meal, not just on Sunday here. Like, this is great. It's a, it's a celebration. We celebrate Jesus. But you need to get in this word on a consistent basis throughout the week because it will speak to you better than any sermon, better than any podcast, better than any blog. Jesus woke up that morning and he prayed. Read through it. Prayed through it. Start with Three minutes a day, five minutes a day. Don't pressure yourself. Don't get legalistic about it, but get in the word. You want to know God's will for your life? Let it speak to you. Let it speak to you. Whatever has your attention, that's where you are aligned. It determines your alignment. And one other thing I will mention, because I know a lot of people, we're, we're smart people here in Los Alamos. Crack this thing open to let it speak to your soul. It's good to know God's providential will, but I know too many people who are like, oh, can you explain the TULIP and the acronym, the TULIP, because I know the TULIP. Can you explain the, the, the hypostatic union of Jesus Christ? And we're like cracking this thing open for knowledge. God's about your heart, not about how much you know. Because there's a lot of smart people who know this thing and they have no relationship with God. And they will point you in the wrong direction for God's will for your life. Let it speak to your soul. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. Second thing, once you know where your attention is and you know where you're aligned, your alignment will determine your assignment. Your alignment will determine your assignment. It says later, Simon... And the others went out to find him. And when they found him, they said, everybody's looking for you, Jesus. Ah, we, Jesus replied, we must go to other towns as well. And I will preach to them too. That is why I came. He got himself aligned with God. And it determined his next assignment. He was able to spend time with God and, and say, hey, this is urgent. There's some stuff happening here, but there's something more important here. It will determine your assignment. It was allowing him to see, okay, this is good stuff, but there's better stuff here. You want to know the enemy of what God's best is in your life? The enemy of, of God's best is good. It's not like Peter was saying, oh, let's go back into town and slaughter everybody. I mean, we just had a great day of healing them. They'll never expect it. Let's just get rid of them all. No, that's obviously evil. No. He was saying, let's go heal more people. Let's go tell more people here. It was very good. But he, the, the enemy of God's best in your life is good, is to settle. And so he was able to find his assignment because he got himself aligned with God. And so when we look at this and see there are good things in our lives, but there are marriages Instead of the, the focus of the marriage being Jesus, the focus has shifted. Our alignment has shifted to a kid-centered marriage. That's not necessarily bad to want to raise your kids up, but now everything is about the kids in the relationship. Everything is about their schedule, their feelings, their wants, their needs. Good. But God wants you focused on Him first. 
He wa- you're, you're at work, and he wants you to work hard and excel, but your, your alignment at work has now turned towards my success, my promotion, my money, and it has got you on a path that is not having God first in your life. And if we're honest with it today, our alignment, our alignment when it comes to most of the decisions in our life is, oh, I want to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, and where I want to do it. If we're honest, that's it. I have my wants and my desires and, and my priorities, God. Come with me. Come on. Come bless that. And he's saying, no, no, no. God's got his own priorities. We need to get on track with what he's blessing, not asking him to come and bless what we want. And then the very next verse, and this is where I struggle the most with this passage of Scripture, says in verse 39, or in 38, he says, we've got to go to other towns. That's why I came. The next verse. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in synagogues and casting out demons. I have a real problem with that verse. Because there's, there's a lot missing and I think for a lot of us, we struggle with the missing pieces. Like Jesus left a long time ago. But there were still people in that town that needed healing. They're, they were saying, hey, let's go back here. And, and they didn't get what they wanted. Like Jesus didn't follow them. He went his own direction and he left. And that's where we are stuck today with making the decision of sell all your possessions Get rid of the, the, the stuff in your heart where you're out of alignment, then come follow me. I'm going this way. Come follow me. What do you do when the God of this universe doesn't meet your expectations? When he leaves you, in a sense, disappointed. The people in Capernaum, can you imagine the person who didn't get healed? And like, Jesus is here. He's going to come back. I didn't get healed yesterday, but he's still here. We got another shot at this thing. And then the disappointment that they now have to struggle with of, God, where where are you? Are you the one? Like, I can see my neighbor. They got healed. They're good. What about me, God? Why? Why is this happening to me? I don't understand you, God. Is this my purpose? Is this my assignment? Do you even care? And Jesus says, I got to go. When it comes to God's purpose in your life, a lot of us are trying to assign God's will for our lives to the good things in our life that we see as good. Well, if it's good, if it makes me happy, if it's, if it's a promotion, then it's obviously God's blessing and it's a good thing. But if it's the negative, well, then God, where are you? I don't even know if you're there. And we struggle with God not meeting our expectations. And we don't know what they thought in that town. We don't, we don't know, did they go and, and, and follow? We know Peter, Peter did. But do you see the tension here? I'm saying, is this, is this the purpose that I step, step forward in? Is this where I need to go? And I want to free you up a little bit today on saying, when you go to take your next step of faith, 
there's going to always be a, a piece of uncertainty there. Like when we started Freedom Church, how many of you today would say, Mike, I think you're called to be um, a pastor? Okay, good. You're making me feel good. <laughs> you're like, all right. When I stepped into that role, can I tell you, I didn't know if it was God's will or not. Like the entire process leading up to it, like we actually thought for seven months leading up into, into to starting Freedom Church, we thought it was somewhere else that God was leading us out of Los Alamos. We had, within a span of seven months, seven interviews at other churches around, around the country. And each one, when, when the interview came up, and we were multiple interviews, and we were flying around, each one we looked at and said, well, this is God's will. Like, we can see how God would be working in the past and lining us up to this job in this location. It looks so great. And then you get the phone call. Or you get the email, or I don't think anyone ever texted, but you're just like, sorry, you're not, the, you're not it. And you're crushed, you're devastated. We were like, we've been looking at schools, we've been on Zillow, like looking at the real estate, and God, what is going on? You're not meeting our expectations. Until finally we were like, okay, well, I don't, I don't it, it doesn't seem like it's out there. It looks like God's calling us here. And it looks like he's calling us to lead um, a new church. God, is that what you want? I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be a senior pastor. Is this what you want? It's kind of like, okay. And we took a, a step of faith, uncertain, uncomfortable. You got to understand. He said, I'm going to go to other towns. There's uncertainty in other towns. There's, it was comfortable here. We were popular here. Things were going so well in Capernaum. And now we're going to leave. I don't know what's out there. Can I tell you the, 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 the not fun truth about your calling a purpose? It, it will be uncertain. It will be uncomfortable. And he's going to call you out to different places and go. And every step of the way is paved with uncertainty. God, I don't know. Is this, is this it? I think it is. I think I'm aligned. And here's the thing about faith. When you take your steps... You can look back. Because I've never been more uncertain than I've ever been right now leading this church. I don't know, is this the direction? What's the vision for the church? I think it's this way, I don't know. But then I look back and I see there was God in that step. There was God in that step. That step was a bad step. That was not God. That was me. That was a stupid choice. But that was God steering me back and showing me grace and mercy. And then there was God there. The confidence comes after Obedience. The affirmation comes after. The blessing comes after. You got to be willing to take a risk in whatever God's calling you to do financially, spiritually, relationally, and say, God, I think this is a step. I'm going to trust you in this. If it's wrong, I trust that you're going to steer me in the right direction. And if you give it your all, if you give it your all, God's going to be right there with you every single step of the way. I remember growing up, taking tests, and as a teenager, I was always so nervous. I'm like, oh, oh, what if I don't get the A's or if I don't get a good grade? And my parents, they, they took the pressure off and they just said, Mike, did you do your best? Did you give it your all? Yeah, I did. That's all I want. 
That's all I'm asking. Here's what scripture says when it comes to your will. Making Jesus supreme and making him known to others. Colossians 3, 17 says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, we're going to focus on this next week because some of you guys might be like, oh, do I got to quit my job, become a pastor, sell my house, go to Africa, become a missionary? No. My job next week, come back next week because I'm going to try to kick you out of church. He's given you a passion. He's given you, um, he's given you a gifting. Some of us, it's in here. Some of the calling is in here and I think you should serve the body. But for the majority of us, it's out there. He's given you a gift and a passion for out there. I'll kick you out of the church next week to say, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Seek the kingdom above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you Need Whatever you do, do it all. Give him your mind. Give him your heart. Give him your soul. Give him your finances. Give him your future. Give him your past. Give him your your failures, your successes. Because when you get yourself in alignment with God, everything, everything becomes an opportunity to tell other people about Jesus, to come to know him more and to make him known. He'll take your past. He'll take your failures. He'll take all that stuff and say, I'm going to steer it for the good. What's my purpose? My purpose is not, God, what do you want me to do? A temporary thing, a vocation, a location, a relationship. No, it is God. Who do you want me to become? When you know, when you know, who God wants you to be, you'll be aligned to know what he wants you to do. Let's stand and let's pray. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.